Hey everyone, how are you doing? Hope you're all doing well. So last podcast on episode 16, we talked about the Bride of Christ through as relevant through the book of Esther. And today I'm going to continue to share more. So this is part three and there will definitely be a part four because I just could not fit it all in. So it's just so amazing and power packed this book and there's so much that is relevant to the bride of christ today so for those of you that are just joining us today i recommend that you go back and listen to episodes 15 and 16 to get a better understanding of what we're talking about here in today's program so let's begin with prayer heavenly father i come humbly before your throne of grace as one washed in the blood of your Lamb, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, King of glory. I thank you that your scepter of favor is extended to us, your body, your church. You are hearing our prayers and granting our petitions and requests even now. You have wonderful plans of freedom and deliverance for your people, just as you did all throughout your word. I pray, Father, that you use this message to bless, encourage, and free your people and that they would hear what you want them to hear today, Lord. I pray that you awaken us to who we really are in you and your incredible power that resides within us through your Holy Spirit. I ask all of this in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ Almighty. So be it. So before I continue on, I want to give a little recap Um, of the history about what was going on in the kingdom of Susa during the time of Esther. The Jews that had been taken into captivity long ago by King Nebuchadnezzar had settled there in the Persian kingdom and they had grown tremendously in number and they integrated really well and they were at ease under the Persian king Ahasuerus. He was a good king and he was kind. And so they were at ease. They were enjoying it and they completely integrated into the culture. And then Haman, the Agagite, who hated Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle, a Jew that worked as an official in the king's palace. Um, Mordecai and actually Haman were officials in the king's palace. And Haman hated Mordecai, not only because he had thwarted Haman's plans to usurp the king when he reported the attempt of the two guards to assassinate the king, he knew that Mordecai was in his way to accomplish his plans. But also, Mordecai refused to bow to Haman in his new possession as sec- position as second to the king, which could cause others to deny his lordship over them. Haman so hated Mordecai that he followed his wife's suggestion to request that the king have Mordecai impaled on a 75-foot pole, which he had constructed in his yard for that very purpose to use Mordecai as an example of what happens to those who don't honor and bow to him in an attempt to bring terror and subservience to the Jews in Susa. The enemy always tries to intimidate with fear tactics to cause the people of God to succumb to tyranny. Haman was not content with having just Mordecai put to death. He decided that all of the Benjamite Jews in the kingdom must be destroyed because of his hatred for them due to a long-standing feud between his people, the Agagites, and the Benjamite Jews. 
The Jews in the kingdom of Susa had, as I mentioned, become quite numerous, and they were very patriotic and loyal to the king, which would be a problem for Haman's ultimate plan to take over the kingdom. Getting rid of them would weaken the kingdom, and he could then take it easier. He was even so cunning with his lies that he was able to get the king to quickly agree to his evil plan to annihilate the Jews, not and also that he 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 provided payment for those who would carry it out. And the king agreed to all of this, not even realizing that his own demise could be in the making. So we ask, the question comes up, well, how was Haman allowed to devise and implement this evil plan against the Jews? Even though he was second in command, he did not have the authority to do this on his own. He still had to get the king's permission. As with Job, God gave permission. In Job 1.12, the Lord said to the accuser, I delegate this task to you. His possessions are now in your hand. One thing, though, you are not to lay a finger on the man himself. Job must not be touched. God only allowed the accuser to go so far, no more. So in the book of Esther, we see that Haman deceived the king to get his permission. He lied about the Jews to get the king's permission to annihilate the Jews. And the Jews didn't see it coming because they were at ease in Persia. They were just totally... And they had totally taken in the culture of Persia and they didn't see anything coming. This is how the enemy works, through deception, always, like he did with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he likewise does it to anyone uh, of us even. God made us in his image and his likeness, as we talked about in other podcasts. God has given us power and authority in the earth. However, through deception, if we don't realize what is going on and we're not awake, the enemy can find a way in to cause havoc and ruin in our lives. First Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's what the adversary, the enemy, is all about. He's always looking to destroy And when patriotic people in a nation, like the Jews, and including now, including God's true Holy Spirit-led church, and all the patriots, freedom-loving patriots, when they don't bow to the evils that the Antichrist spirit wants to implement, it seeks to annihilate them. It wants to destroy them. However, Jesus said in John 10.10, he said, the thief approaches with malicious intent, looking to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I come to give life with joy and abundance. That's the voice Bible. So the lesson here is that we must be on alert and hear and heed God's word and his voice in the earth. And when our enemy comes in, allow God to raise up his standard against the evils. We must realize that our adversary cannot do anything unless the Lord allows it. This is his earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, remember. And we, if if God doesn't allow it and we don't allow it, there's no way he can do anything. So without Jesus Christ, our king's permission and our agreement, the enemy can do nothing. We must know the word of God. 
whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven and whatsoever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Jesus said that in Matthew 18, 18. As the one true church of Jesus Christ, his ecclesia, we have the awesome responsibility. Look at it this way. He has made us response-able. So we have the ability to respond, not only in our own lives, but our, for our children, as well as for our nations and the whole earth. We have that awesome responsibility. Jesus gave it to us. So in episode 16, our last podcast, in chapter 4, we found that once Esther had determined what was really going on and why Mordecai was in, ash, in, in ashes and sackcloth, and she understood the gravity of it, in verse 13, 14, Mordecai says, Tell Esther, don't be fooled. Just because you are living inside the king's palace does not mean that you will escape the carnage. You must go before your king. If you stay silent during this time, deliverance for the Jews will come from somewhere else. But you, my child, and all of your father's family will die. And who knows? Perhaps you have been made queen for such a time as this. Esther realized that perhaps God had given her an opportunity in which she could help change the situation and that perhaps it was actually her destiny to help save her people. So Esther heeded what her uncle Mordecai had said that she must do. Esther and Mordecai agreed to humble themselves before God and to fast and pray in preparation for Esther going before the king to petition him regarding her people. Mordecai was to call all of the Jews in the kingdom of Susa to corporately pray and fast for Esther going before the king on their behalf. This corporate fast served to get all the Jews refocused on the Almighty God, and it brought them together as one in agreement for the cause. As Mordecai instructed Esther in this story, this is a beautiful picture of Christ's church led by and in complete obedience to his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here to work with and through the body of Christ. One thing to remember <clears throat> is Esther's obedience directly dictated the outcome for her and her family, as well as the rest of the Jews in the kingdom. Just like the Jews living in Susa, God's nation in exile living in Persia, they all had to come together corporately in agreement our future today, our destiny, as does the future of the body of Christ, hinges on each and every one of our present obedience. Each and every one of us are a crucial part that makes the body whole. Ephesians 4.15 in the Amplified says, For him, the whole body, the church, in all its various parts, joined and knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. So no matter which country we call home, all of us that are in Christ Jesus, our Father's holy nation, Heavenly Father wants us all to, put to, to pull together in agreement 
in one accord and pray and decree our freedoms and liberties in every situation. As stated in Matthew 18:20, for where two or three gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's a Brian Standard Bible. God wants his people to corporately decree and declare his word in unity and his will all over the earth. We are to manifest Christ and his kingdom in the earth. We must work together with God's Holy Spirit and listen to his guidance through his true prophetic voices in the earth. He is sounding the trumpet and he is speaking to each and every one of us as we take the time to read his word and listen to his voice, whether within us or his apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers, as in Ephesians 4.11. So the city of Shushan, or Susa, was thrown into confusion. Our parallel today is the same over the last almost three years now, and how the world, the whole earth, every nation has been thrown into turmoil. turmoil. So much so that even the people in the church have been afraid and in distress. Just like Queen Vashti no longer came to the king at his beckoning of the seven servants, that the king sent his seven servants throughout the seven ages, the seven church ages, the seven vials, the seven seals, the prophets have been sounding the alarm throughout this entire time. But the people of God who are so at ease in their religious churches, in their kingdoms, and caught up with the ways of this worldly system of fame and money, have heard or heeded his voice less and less. So much so that much of the church has been caught slumbering, just as the Laodicean church of the Revelation. The unfortunate result has been that many in the body of Christ have not been prepared, have not learned to have relationship with Jesus Christ for themselves and to hear and to know his true voice. Nor do they recognize the voice of his true prophets that have been speaking God's word and direction for his body. This is why so many are fearful and cowering and buckling under the pressure of the enemy. In the last podcast, we heard Esther and Mordecai's powerful prayers to God Almighty to save them and their people. So we'll continue after that. So after three days of prayer and fasting, the Jews in all of Susa and Mordecai and Esther and her servants, in chapter 5 of the book of Esther and the Apocrypha, it reads quite di- a bit differently than other Bibles versions. So I will quote the Apocrypha here because there are some important lessons that I feel are um, needed for the body of Christ today. Either version amounts to the king extending his scepter to her. But in this version, I see further lessons that we can glean for the body of Christ. So speaking of Esther, as in chapter four, she had just finished praying starting with chapter 5, verse 1. It came to pass on the third day when she had ceased praying that she shook, took off her servant's dress and put on her glamorous and glorious apparel. Being splendidly dressed and having called upon God, the overseer and preserver of all things, she took her two maids and she leaned upon one as a delicate female and the other followed bearing her train. She was blooming in the perfection of her beauty. Her face was cheerful and she looked lovely, but her heart was full of fear. Having passed through all the doors, she stood before the king. 
She was sitting, he was sitting on his royal throne. He had put on all his glorious apparel, covered all over with gold and precious stone, and was very terrifying. And having raised his face, resplendent with glory, he looked with intense anger. The queen fell and changed her color as she fainted. She bowed herself upon the head of the maid who went before her, but God changed the spirit of the king to gentleness, and in intense feeling, he sprang from off his throne and took her into his arms until she recovered. He comforted her with peaceful words and said to her, Cheer up! You will not die, for our command is openly declared to you. Draw near! And having raised the gold scepter, he laid it upon her neck and embraced her. He said, Speak to me. So she said to him, I saw you, my Lord, as an angel of God, and my heart was troubled for fear of your glory. For you, my Lord, are to be wondered at, and your face is full of grace. While she was speaking, she fainted and fell. Then the king was troubled, and all his servants comforted her. The king said, What do you desire, Esther? What is your request? Ask even to the calf of my kingdom, and it will be yours. So I'll pause here. Just like the king looked with intense anger to see that someone had broken the law, having the audacity to come into his throne room uninvited, then God changed his spirit to gentleness and intense feeling as he realized it was his beloved Esther. So he rushed to take her into his arms. In his great love for humanity, Father God has extended his scepter to us, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 Most of us know very well. I'll read it from the Voice Bible. For God expressed his love for the world in this way. He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will not face everlasting destruction, but have everlasting life. God Almighty abhors sin, but because of his beloved son, Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, by which we are washed white as snow, Father sees us as his beloved And his great love for us draws us deeper into his presence and embrace. The reason I really like how the Apocrypha reads in in this chapter is that it describes what Esther personally had to do and go through in preparation for her audience with the king. In Esther chapter 4, it describes her following Mordecai's plan to fast and pray and through completely humbling herself before God through fasting and praying for three days and three nights, she, her heartfelt cry to the Lord of Israel. We, we read that in the, in the other uh, podcast. And then preparing herself and adorning herself with her beautiful clothes. That was her adorning, her prayers, her fasting, her, her intimacy with the Lord. And then she had to go through many doors that were before her. She came into the king's throne room with reverential fear and awe of him. She praised him and she glorified him and she gave him honor. So much so that she fainted before him. Like Esther, there are things that we, as his body, the body of Christ, must do to prepare our hearts to be heard by and to hear from our King, the Lord God Almighty. Remember, faith without works is useless in James 2.20. Much of the church being in such a state of ease, like the Jews in Susa, 
in, they're in a state of ease and familiarity in this Babylonian system, have lost their zeal, their awe, and reverential fear of Heavenly Father. Many have slacked on creating intimacy with Jesus and the Father and Holy Spirit, which most often leads to no longer honoring Him as Lord and King. God is calling us back to a place of holiness before Him and humility before Him to come into that place of intimacy and intimately knowing Him and His voice and His heart. Hebrews 12.1 in the Passion Bible says, So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin which so easily fall, we fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out before us. In the notes below, the word race in the Greek indicates an obstacle course, which shows that it is not necessarily an easy path. Many of us have and, continuous, and continue to go through the rigorous preparation like Esther went through. Only then could she come before the king. Often the Lord brings us through many periods of preparation where his gaze upon us is so fierce that it burns up those things that are not useful or empowering for his use, that are not glorifying to him. And as we place them under the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, our hearts are made pure and we become a sweet savor to him. And he draws us into his embrace even deeper. We must put on Christ as in Romans 13, 14, it says, instead, wrap yourself in the Lord Jesus, God's anointed, and do not fuel our sinful imagination by indulging your self-seeking desire for the pleasures of the flesh. And Galatians 3.27 says, Because all of you who have been initiated into the, into the anointed one through the ceremonial washing of baptism have put him on. Jesus Christ is our mediator and our beautiful apparel. He is whom we have to adorn ourselves with to come before the Father. His Holy Spirit is our comforter and our guide. There are many, many doors that we must pass through in our walk with God. But as we go forward and carry on through each thing that arises before us and press on into his presence no matter what, we will find his love and favor extended toward us. Heavenly Father sees us through his son's blood sacrifice and his love overflows toward us. He has already given us half his kingdom as we are joint heirs with his son, Jesus Christ. Many in his body just haven't realized who we be in Christ yet. We are his sons and daughters. We are joint heirs. And just as Haman's evil plan to destroy all the Jews in the kingdom served as a wake-up call to Esther's people to come back to God as a nation, so too Christ's body today is being awakened and empowered for God's kingdom during this time of turmoil in our nations. This is a thing that God is doing. He is being glorified. We're not to give uh, power and praise to the devil or any credit to him. God is doing this thing. God is in control. He is bringing his church to a place of triumph during this time. 
just as Esther and the Jews in her day had to arise and let go of the Persian ways that they had gotten so used to, the church today must shake off the religious facade and the slumber that she's been in and get into right standing with Jesus Christ and not only know, but trust him and obey his voice. Like Esther in her representation of the body of Christ, God's one true church, his ecclesia, we truly are here in the now, specifically for this time. Yes, we are here for this time. We are to partner with God and his word, Jesus Christ, his word, the Bible, his word within us by his Holy Spirit and his word going forth in the earth through his prophets all over the world. Thus, we arise in victory and in the power of his might. This is our opportune time to be Christ's ambassadors in the earth. The church is not to look to escape out of our situations, but to be the light and the salt to create the godly changes that must take place in the earth to implement God's kingdom and his true freedom for all of creation. Romans 8, 18, 19 in the Voice Bible says, Now I'm sure of this, the suffering we endure now our sufferings we endure now are not even worthy comparing, not worth comparing to the glory that is coming and will be revealed in us. Let me read that again. Now I'm sure of this, the sufferings we endure now are not even worth comparing to the glory that is coming and will be revealed in us for all of creation is waiting, yearning for the time when the children of God will be revealed. This is our time. God is looking for us, his body, to muster and advance his authority and his kingdom in the earth to free all nations and creation. Obviously, we're not alone. We've never been alone, no matter how it may feel or look like. Remember how Mordecai immediately went to do the queen's bidding when she had come into agreement with God's word through his prophetic voice, the Holy Spirit, who is our guide and our comforter and our helper, is ever present to walk us through whatever the Father desires of us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we didn't get very far in the book of Esther. Time is running short again, so I will plan to finish up with the rest of the book of Esther in the next podcast. We will look at all that transpired after Esther's fateful audience with her king. And for any of you who may still be in fear that God doesn't have a handle on what is going on the earth today, don't be afraid. This is a time for celebration, not fear. As we go on, you will see how amazing God's ways are. And I trust it will build your faith. He is ever faithful. Just realize even before Haman had devised the whole evil agenda to destroy the Jews, God had prepared a mediator, Esther, and placed her between the king and his people. God already had a plan. He was ahead of the enemy as he is today. So let's pray and decree together, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord God, you are king ruling over all the heavens and the earth. 
There is no power or authority greater than you, for all things are in your hands. There is no power that can oppose you. And as your people, there is no weapon that can stand against us. No power or principality can prevail, nor can any weapon that they may attempt to wield against us. You are Lord of all, and there is no one who can resist you or come against you. I declare that every knee bows and every tongue confesses that you are King of kings and Lord of lords now in the earth. Heavenly Father, you know the end from the beginning. You are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Thank you, Father, that our times are in your hands. We are the apple of your eye, and you have your heavenly angels all around us to keep us from stumbling. We are under the shadow of your wings. We are standing for you and on you alone, O God eternal. We stand strong in the power of your might. We decree that we hear and obey your voice. We are your sheep and we know your voice and we come into agreement with your plans and your purposes for our lives. And we say, yes, Lord, have your way in our lives. Have your will in our lives. Have your way and your will in our families. Have your way and your will in our nations and in the earth. Let your will be done your way. We partner now with your Holy Spirit to accomplish all that you have proposed in this purpose in this time. We look to you for wisdom and understanding and guidance every step of the way. And we thank you that you bring godly friends and alliances into our lives to strengthen and uplift us and further your plans and your kingdom in the earth. We look to you for unity in your body and we decree unity in your body right now in Jesus Christ's name and oneness in knowing your plans and your voice in your body right now in Jesus Christ's name. And we command the body to come and be fitly joined together wherever they may be and to, to walk in the purposes and plans of God. We decree that we now see your mighty hand at work everywhere we look and that you are speedily answering the prayers of your people in every nation as we call upon the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Hamashiach. We stand on your promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper and we decree that this is so and that nothing that the enemy has devised for our harm or destruction prevails in any way, shape, or form, or in any dimension in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We stand strong in the power of your might, for we are more than conquerors in this life. We have been made victorious through your blood, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are, you are way ahead of any plans of our adversary. And we overcome by the blood of your lamb, Jesus Christ, and the word of our testimony. So we decree with our mouths that your plans for us are good and that we have a hope and a wonderful future in you and that we have freedom and liberty in Jesus Christ. And we are above and not beneath that we walk in wholeness and supernatural abundance and prosperity and health and wellness. 
We decree that we walk in love, in your righteousness, your peace, and your joy in the Holy Ghost. We declare that all things work together for our good because we are called according to your purposes. And not one of your words comes back to you void. Though everything around us seems to be in turmoil, you are our certainty. You are our strong tower. You, Lord Jesus Christ, are our salvation and you see us through to victory in every area of our lives. We declare that our families and loved ones come to know the love of Jesus Christ and that they are drawn to serve you wholeheartedly. We call in Christ's salvation and freedom for our communities, our governments, and nations in Jesus Christ's mighty name. We turn our eyes and our ears to see and hear only you, Lord God Almighty. Your word says you are doing a new thing and it is springing forth even now. Help us to perceive what you are doing and to walk in the way that you desire us to go. Thank you that you are making a way in the wilderness and streams in what seemed like wastelands as only you can because you are the God of restoration. We stand in awe and anticipation of all that you are doing now. And we thank you that you give us eyes to see it. We thank you already ahead of time for your wondrous works in our lives, in our families, and in our nations, and your salvation and your freedom in all the earth. I thank you, Father, for all of this, and that you now deliver us from all fear and from all evil. We set them aside in Jesus Christ's name. We loose them from our souls. And we give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise, Heavenly Father. In Jesus Christ's name, so be it. Okay, so if any of you who are listening do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to have a relationship with Jesus that will bring you into the family of God, I just want to invite you right now. To God, it doesn't matter where you are in your life right now or what you think that you've ever done. He knows everything about you and he loves you unconditionally. He knew you and he actually called you forth before you were ever even conceived. And he has wonderful plans for your life. You are the reason Jesus Christ came to give his life and shed his blood. And he wants you to restore him to himself. So if this is you, I would like to invite you to pray with me this prayer. Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe and confess, Jesus, that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross for me. I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins. I invite you, Jesus Christ, to come live in me as my Lord and my Savior, and I pledge my life to you from this day forward. I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you that I am made whole and new in you. I am a new creation and that I am now part of the family of God. I ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So welcome to the family of God, to his kingdom of light. It is by faith that we receive Jesus into our hearts. So you may or may not have felt anything at all right now. Some people do and some don't. No big deal. Just know that if you have asked for forgiveness and invited Jesus in, he is now living inside of you. 
and you can and should talk to him all the time, anytime. He loves you and he's listening and he wants to talk to you. The more time that you take to build relationship with Jesus and his Holy Spirit and Father, the more he will reveal himself to you in amazing ways that you may never have even imagined possible. Um, it would also be a really good idea if you could get a Bible and begin reading it. I would suggest possibly in the book of John because it talks about a lot about God's plan for salvation for us. So it would be a good place to start. As well, um, ask the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ, to come and give you understanding as you read. It is so important to have understanding. Also, if you can find a local Holy Spirit-filled church by you to attend, that would be really, really good for you to get integrated into the family of God. And if you can't, there are some good ones online to listen to. Um, a couple that I really like is Lord of Hosts Church in Omaha, Nebraska. And that's with Pastor um, Hank and Brenda Kuhneman. And also Risen Nation Church out of De uh, Dallas, Texas with Dr. William Hinn. They're both online and that you can listen to them. And if you're close to them, lucky you, go, go for it. Anyways, thanks again for listening in. I hope you were blessed and encouraged today. Please share these messages with as many people as possible because we all need encouragement, especially in these times of uh, great changes happening here. All to the glory of the Lord. Until next time, may the Lord be with you. May he guide you and richly bless you and keep you in every way.